Boom shakalaka. Uh, welcome to the uh, the first uh, comic talk that has Boom, an intro theme song. Uh, I'm not sure whether anyone dug that or not, or if anyone heard. But it was out there. Put it out into the welcome And there's an echo. Okay, yes. It's because I forgot to do this one thing. Poop thirty four is here. Matthew A. Mori is here. Uh, G.J. Barron, whoever he is, is, is out there. Um, who am I? I am your host of Comic Talk, Dimitri Pereira, uh, and uh, I'm here to talk about comics with two lovely, lovely people here. Uh, first, uh, I think at, down there and to the left, there is Trevor Reese, uh, also known as Trevor Copter. How'd you come up with that, Trevor? Uh, it's from college. It was a, a old bit I used to do. Uh, my friends had like a, a show on their on-campus radio station, and I would call on as their eye in the sky. Um, but like I rare like after the first one, I never called about like traffic. Uh, okay. I would always be like I had some axe to grind and was using like the school's helicopter to like uh, wage my personal vendettas and so I was Trevor Copter. That's funny. Okay. Um do you do you feel like you've grown since then as like a human being as a comedian? Since college, yeah. Okay. Uh but I still like that bit. I, would, <laughs> I, <laughs> I still like it. But yeah. No, I I mean I'm still growing as a comedian and I was kind of a little bit of a uh, an a-hole comedian back in college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely have grown. Okay, uh, that's good to know. That's good to know. That's all. All I really want to know is is your your progress and evolution <laughs> as uh, you know a man of a man of the cloth. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what cloth that would be, but newspaper you know. print. Newspaper. <laughs> that's my cloth. Yeah. Uh, underneath me and to the right. No, this way. All right, there we go. We got uh, producer Gil Barron. This way for me. Is he? Yeah, and he's this way for me. Okay. And I'm Gil. this way for everybody. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> really great to be here. Great to be with my best friends, talking about my favorite topic. That's all I ever I, want. It, it's comics. I I, I feel like uh, uh, you got to have friends to talk about comics. It's really tough to get into comics uh, when you don't have friends. For right? sure. Well, it's one of those things. It's, uh, it's a solitary activity. Yeah. But if you don't have someone to talk about it with, then it just ends up just living up here, you know? Right. Like it's very hard to read a comic with another person, but you got to talk about it with people. Right. Um, were, yeah. did you, when you guys grew up reading it's, comics... It's hard to read well, a comic out loud. Up? It's very hard Wait, to read what? a comic out loud. Yeah. Like, you can't like, <laughs> read it as a story to a kid. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Sometimes I like to read it out loud if I'm trying to like work on an accent or something. I'm like, oh yeah, Alfred Pennyworth talks like this. Let's talk. Let's like read out his dialogue and see how it sounds. Uh, but again, it's just for me. I don't. I don't think it's for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys grow up reading comics? Yeah, I started around nine years old. Um, my first comic that anyone ever bought me was Untold Legends of the Batman which was a reprint of a really old 70s Batman story where 
Batman is being hunted. Somebody knows who he really is. Someone knows his real name and his secret identity. And it turns out he has had a mental break and it's Bruce Wayne hunting him. And when it was really good, it was really okay. good. And, um, and when and it goes through like the whole origin story. So like it was such a great first comic to read. And mm-hmm. when Jeff Loeb did Hush, I the entire time I was reading Hush, I thought that it was going to be a remake of that story. I thought that the truth oh. was going to be that Bruce Wayne was was like hunting Batman, and I was like, yeah. uh, and then I was super disappointed with the end of Hush. Yeah, because my uh, story, who, my version was a lot better. Yeah, I mean, who <laughs> wouldn't have thought though, reading Hush, that it was that character they just introduced? <sighs> Look, I, I thought that was a red herring. It's so weird to me that Hush is so, like, put up on a pedestal. Because, God bless Jim Lee, I love his art, but his character design work is awful. He's not a good character designer. I'm so sorry Jim Lee stands. His redesign on Killer Croc is stupid. His Joker is boring. Hush is a dumb-looking character. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to ask, like, which ones you hate. But you, yeah. Uh, Trevor, you don't agree? Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I like, yeah, I, I guess I never really considered Jim Lee's like role as like a, a character designer because like yeah. he's very rarely dipped his toe fully into creating his own stuff, just putting spins. But you know, then there's New 52, right? Where he does the company look on all of the, the new redesigns of all the super, yeah. right? So you know, it's one thing to give Superman a collar and take away the red shorts, but he puts him in like this armor that looks really military and weird. He puts all these extra lines on every character. And I don't know that he was the sole designer on that stuff, but I'm I'm quite certain that that design aesthetic came from the top down. Yeah. No, I mean, the New 52 like was this weird 90s retread for a lot of it. Like, especially because, yeah. yeah, it was like Jim Lee's ascended. We got like Scott Lobdell coming in. Yeah. Lifefield uh, came in. Um, there's a bunch of like uh, 90s image people at the helm of it. And so, yeah, it definitely had this weird like over. Uh, overdesigned. Yeah, overdesign. Yeah. Is something that's really like very prevalent in the 90s and New 52. Like, yeah, there's like the the Flash all those yellow lines. All the weird lightning lines that are completely yeah. necessary. It doesn't make sense. He's like armored, he has seams, and then he has lightning on top of his seams, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but then, but then like at the same time, like Hush, like his Batman is like, that's like the modern version of uh, the uh, Neil Adams. It's a gorgeous yeah. Batman. But he didn't redesign Batman for in Hush. He redesigned yeah. Batman in the New Fifty Two with a bunch of extra lines for no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will also, say, why does Superman need armor? <laughs> exactly, Superman should be wearing a cloth outfit. He should be wearing <laughs> the cape that he was sent in as a baby. <laughs> That's right. It should not be a metal cape. Yeah, uh, but I will say, random side note: Hush the movie does the hush storyline better than this like the comic also it it combines uh a lot of stuff it like it doesn't make i mean are we gonna spoil it like the (laughs) Uh, it it doesn't make the bad guy reveal 
uh, feel out of nowhere. Okay. Like it did. Like I'm not saying Jeff Loeb didn't know what he was doing, but like it yeah. definitely felt like oh that did wasn't being built towards at all. Uh, he was building all these red herrings and didn't really come to the uh, a satisfying like actual conclusion because like that was the that's the like that's the thing that's also the seed for why Jason Todd came back. Mm. Um, because that they actually the little seed that Jason Todd is back is at the end of that when Batman's talking to the the bad guy, and he's just like, "What? Well, how'd you do that?" He's like, "The the grave was already open. Like I didn't disturb the body." And then yeah. Winnick, did, they didn't pick that thread up for like another couple of years, but right. the movie like doesn't have to deal with any of that. It just streamlines the story, and it I think it really works. Um, and they also set it in their like new 52 dc animated movie universe and it fit mm. um quick thing is is something that i've just seen in the comments because we got a couple of people in the comments out there matthew Morey says he has part one of hush but never got part two and then and then exotic sound says spoil it uh, <laughs> and then and then matt Morey understands he says i should get on that it's been like 15 years uh it's been more than 15 years for hush right I remember printing out, I remember in high school, I printed, I had a color printer, you know what I mean? So like, and I had a binder, so I printed out like, like some of those pictures and put it on my binder uh, when I was, when I was in high school. Like, I remember that. That's more than 15 years now. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably like 2003. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, like, you have to you have to keep in mind, like, within the context, like, Batman was a real big stinker of a title at the time Hush came around. So it is, like, heightened importance. In the same way, like, Frank yeah. Miller gets a little bit more, like, ups for his Daredevil run because it's coming on the heels of such a dismal run before it. Like, the yeah. Batman comics, it was, like, Bruce Wayne murderer. Right. Like, the last storyline. Uh, going back to Gil's thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was like a back to basics idea of Batman. It was like, all right, this is, so everyone's gonna look, you know, it's like they're very classic versions. Jim Lee is stepping in. These are gonna be very iconic takes. I don't particularly think his design work is great, and I I don't like his mutant killer croc. I think his Joker is boring, but you know, mm -hmm. clearly his artwork is incredible. Nobody does fight choreography like Jim Lee. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Did he was he responsible for the redesign of Catwoman with the goggles? I think no. no. That I, was, was uh, he not? That would be Darwin Cook, I think. It was Darwin Cook, yeah. It, oh, God, okay. that was the perfect redesign, wasn't that? That was such yeah. a gorgeous. It was really good. And then every artist had to like unzip her shirt to have her cleavage out. It was like, you know, you're you're not getting that it's sexy because it's covered up. Right. Like it's so yeah, weird that, that doing that. That's I think her her new fifty two issue one is like her like was it unzipped and like sprinkling diamonds over herself like on top of a rooftop. Yeah, well that's and when they have sex ends, on the rooftop. Yeah, it ends with her and her and Batman getting out of costume and uh, yeah, right. hooking up. Yeah, um, I I hate new fifty two so much. And even though we we're talking we're talking you know constructive criticism. Azarello's Wonder Woman. Uh, I, I couldn't get into it. I, I think I started it and then I stopped maybe because I, I kind of, 
each title, the DC New 52, made me not want to read other titles, even <laughs> if they were good. Because I couldn't invest in a shared universe, which is kind of very similar to the DC movie stuff. Is like, yeah. I, I, I like certain movies, but like, I need a cohesive universe. And I know, Gil, you might differ from me in that respect, but like... I don't know that I, I do. Like I, I don't universe. think that they're doing it well, but I but I would love to have a cohesive universe. Um, okay. But look, in the end, the main point is that that individual book is good or not, right? And I've been a Wonder Woman fan since Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka took control in like the late, late 90s, like leading up to um, Infinite Crisis. Was it Infinite Crisis? Yeah. I guess that was Infinite Crisis. Um, so in the two or three years up to Infinite Crisis, Greg Rucka was doing Wonder Woman. It was like West Wing, the comic book. And after yeah. it was Brian Azzarello, which was another like, oh, this is like the hard ass take on Wonder Woman. Right. Like, it's just a very spare, badass, take no prisoners take on Wonder Woman. And this current with Joelle Jones, you know, I'm always like looking to Wonder Woman. Like if if they get this right, then chances are they get other things right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's a good canary in the coal mine for DC yeah. is how's the Wonder Woman book? Because she is yeah. the, she's the most complicated out of the three. Yes. Right, yeah. it's, a, it's the most esoteric themes to yeah. think about someone who fights for peace, like literally fights for peace, is already an oxymoron. So you have yeah. to like really be able to figure out what's your take on that. What does that mean to you? How what, how is how is this character that going to manifest in her personality? Um, and so Joelle Jones during doing uh, Yara Floor has been. I mean, you you've seen me rave about it on this yeah. show. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. Is Wonder Woman your favorite, Gil? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Of, of all the superheroes, my favorite. Superhero? Yeah, I mean, you you talk a lot about Wonder Woman, and I love Wonder I, I'm just interested. I, I would say my favorite DC superhero is Tim Drake. Okay, that's gonna be my favorite yeah. superhero hands because I I grew up with him. It's literally like Tim Drake was me, you know. So yeah, um, I get I that. related the most to Tim, so I really grew up with him. But you know, I always uh, I always just love a, a really good run on anything. And you know, as we get into talking about more books from Marvel and DC that are going on right now, you'll see like you know, anyone who doesn't do shock value kind of kind of writing, I will mm. I will be more on board. If someone is like delving into character first, then you pretty much have hooked me. Yeah, Trevor, what's your what's your favorite? like hero i guess like throughout like like the test of time you know what i mean um well i mean if we're if we're going all the time it's spider-man but like if we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it dc um yeah either or i'm just wondering wally west flash has always mm. been a guy i like um yeah. just because again like he what he was the flash the like the flash died literally right before i was born uh, Barry Allen, yeah. he was dead. Like that's the uh, that's what I always like about the CW verse is it's like when I like started reading comics and even before I was alive, like all three of them were dead. Green Arrow, Supergirl, and Barry Allen were all dead in the comic books. Yeah, and Green Lantern, right? Well, Green Lantern, yeah, he was dead. Uh, Hal Jordan, uh, but yeah. yeah, but like basically the three main leads of the CW shows were dead. Oh, in the comic I get books. what you mean. Yeah. yeah, by time, by time, like I was reading, um, but yeah, I like, but also at the same time, I like because of like Kevin Smith's quiver run 
and then the subsequent Judd Winnick uh, run, uh, where Phil Hester remained on as the artist throughout that. Uh, oh, I'll, man, I, I have a, a Archer's yeah. Quest, so good. Yeah, I'll, Archer's I'll Quest. The Archer's Quest every couple of years. It's so good. Yeah, and Green Green Arrow, like he's he's low key for being cursed with being a Batman ripoff. He's the best way you could do a Batman ripoff. Yeah. Like what they've done with the character. Like, I mean, he's he's part of like he's just he's ingrained in some very important parts of DC history, both uh like outside of it, like as a character, and then like as part of the storyline. Um yeah. and he's also he's quippy. And he has uh, one thing that, that uh, black that uh Batman doesn't have, which is black canary. Yeah. Is, yeah. You know, sort of this like long-standing love, which is uh, one of those things Tom King added into the Batman mythos. So that, like he and Catwoman really have been in love all this time, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they have. Which is like let's 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 just admit it. Stop keeping them apart. It's exactly. always gonna be Batman and Catwoman. It's exactly. always yeah. gonna be. God, like, but like the show definitely did not have a Green Arrow, uh, Black Canary romance. Not even not a long-lasting one, anyway. Uh, but, the Arrow show you're talking yeah. about? It, yeah, well, because they couldn't figure out what to do with Laurel. Yeah. Laurel. Laurel only got good when they killed her off and then let her be her Earth 2 redemptive villain yeah. version. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I have so many mixed feelings about that show. I watched every episode, but I do that. Like, I've seen every episode of Smallville, even though every episode of Smallville, Ooh. I'm like, I want more! Um... <laughs> I want this and, to be good. What if this was right? Good? Right, right. Imagine a world where yeah. it was good. What about Superman and Lois. I love, I love Superman. And Lois. I didn't get to watch. Yeah. I didn't watch yesterday's episode, but I watched yesterday's episode of The Flash because I like to watch The Flash first and then go a little bit more serious. Because Superman and Lois is a little bit more serious, and you know, weirdly enough, down to earth. Like that's a down to earth show for someone who's a Kryptonian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, Flash is like they—they they were dealing with like the mirror universe, right. creating yeah. an, uh, a, an artificial speed force. That the the, the yeah. whole all the different well, uh, Harrison Wells, Tom Cavanaugh's. Yeah. Like it is so far removed from like I'm Barry Allen. I got struck by lightning. Right. Yeah. Also, do you guys know what they're doing now with the Flash show? They're bringing in a horrible storyline that I hated from the recent comics. The still force, the still force, the strength force, the sage force, and whatever that force is. That was what those four things were. The lightning? The lightning at the end that they tease at the end of episode three. That's technically the season finale of season six last year. Yeah. Ugh. I I, I didn't like it. Is Iris back then? Did they find Iris? Yeah, she's back. She's fine. Love, love saves her, as usual. <laughs> love created the Speed Force. Yeah. yeah. But, like, um, what was I going to say? Something profound. Um, no, I, I, like, I don't, like, DC, I think, is is a little bit more responsible for this, at least the poor versions of it. But, like, just basically treating your comic book line as, like, the roadmap of what your your movies and TV are going to do. Like, it just feels like it's just like, all right, well, we're going to basically get our first draft of this story we wanted to do in the movies, like, five years before, and that'll be done, and then we can start moving it into development. It'll still be popular, and it's just like, 
it's just frustrating. It's just like, yeah, I don't want it. Like, I know it's season yeah. seven, but it's just like, I don't want to read about the still force and this strength force and all this crap. It's still too new. And it it's is. Honestly, not a very yeah. well done concept. Right, and nobody's no. taken and ran with it or anything, but I think Marvel does this. I mean, you know, Winter Soldier, Civil War, um, you know, now we know that, that Secret Wars is coming. Yeah, that's true. Secret Invasion. But yeah. Secret Invasion, thank you. Secret Wars would be crazy. That would be great. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> One day they'll do it. One day. They could. If you get another yeah. 10 years of all this stuff, like... yeah. 2031 secret wars yeah that being said i i think what where the cw shows uh uh seem to be bogged down is is the fact that they're tv shows and uh they waste whole storylines on like one episode you know what i mean and all these characters that pop up like you know you see it if like you watch the flash on cw they use a lot of wally west's villains and characters and then just put wally west to the side yeah, you know, Barry literally dated Wally's wife before <laughs> Wally was even introduced in the show. Like that's how right. much they like. And again, like that's it's uh like I feel Wally West ironic, ironic because the new Wally West was a version of him. But like Wally West and Miles Morales have been the most kind of screwed over by their pre like being cannon fodder and story fodder for their more well known predecessors. Yeah. Because, like, Ned yeah. Leeds is Genki, is Miles Morales' best friend. And the reason why his his Genki looks so different is Into the Spider-Verse is because Ned Leeds exists. Uh, but And, like, yeah, the the Flash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the, in the, in the Into the Spider-Verse, Genki just skinny, looks like... He's skinny, right? He's skinny, looks very hipster. He's, like, wearing a scarf the whole time. Mm. Um because they like took all of his characteristics and put it into Ned Leeds and like, well, we can't just look like we're copying them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wally got a lot of his stuff snatched up um, by Barry Allen for the CW show. Yeah. Everything, everything that Wally West had <coughs> mined for the CW show, yeah. whether it's Chunk, like Chunk yeah. is a Chunk, is Chunk's... the main character. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the Speed Force wasn't like the Speed Force wasn't created until Mark Wade did it during his Wally Rest run. It's like the entirety yeah. of the original Barry Allen run from '54 to '85, um, the Speed Force was not a thing. It yeah. was not um, an yeah. actual like concept in the books. Yeah, um, it's one of those things. Like Mark Wade clearly, Mark Wade had a voice. Mark Wade had a thing he wanted to say on that book, and had whatever the key into the flash universe was he got it and so to come up with something like the speed force that has now become so iconic they even used it in the snyder version of the justice league yeah i don't remember if they used it in the original but like they meant they name it in the justice league movie yeah like yeah. it's just it's just such a a tied in thing to that mythology now yeah um as uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move into like talking about these comics that came out this week. Uh, before we do, I do want to uh, uh, answer some questions. Uh, exotic sounds. Uh, uh, if you guys remember from last time, he was looking to get into comics, so we recommended kind of like a uh, like Infinite Frontier number zero. And there's a list in the back of that 
that has like the first issue, like whatever the first issues are for DC. So uh, he was telling me that he's been doing that. He says, I'm starting to catch up on all these DC things. Got a lot of work. Lol. Are there any great comics that are not DC and Marvel universe? And there are definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now uh, we were talking off air, but I think that all of the Ninja Turtles books that are being published right now are really good. Um, you know, the, the main series IDW is putting out is really, really strong and very character focused and very like a, a small story. Um, they have, uh, they introduced a female turtle named Jenica and she has her own series right now that is also really, really good. It's just her solo adventures. And they have a book that takes place 10 years in the future, a post-apocalyptic kind of book that is called The Last Ronin. And all three of those books are really good. And you don't have to read all of them. You can just choose one if you want. It's very good, especially it's it's Ninja Turtles. It's something most of us are already familiar with. Yeah. Um, I'd also say if he's if you're a horror fan, uh, Walking Dead, um, they're, they're doing the re-release. They're up to issue oh. 11. They're recoloring it. Or they're, they're like coloring it for the first time. It was released oh, black and yeah. white. Um, and the thing with it, Kirkman keeps saying, is they're never gonna, they're never gonna collect this. You're never gonna get like oh. a giant Walking Dead compendium of the color version. They're only gonna do that for the black and white, the original version. So the only way you're gonna be able to read this is single issue. Um, and it's only it's coming out t- uh, twice a month, every other week. Um, and it's only t- eleven issues. Twelve, I think twelve's next week. Um, mm-hmm. But that it looks uh, incredible. Like it, they're doing a really good job. Um, it's still early, so it's 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 still still pops. It doesn't have that the lag that the show and the the comic book series sort of hit as time went on. Yeah. Um, but it's still it, it it's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a baller move. That's a baller move for Robert Kirkman. Best selling, you know, like comics for for a very long time was Walking Dead. It was all black and white, and then now with the re release, oh yeah, just you got to collect them now, right? Yeah. Like for the colored versions, that's crazy. <laughs> that's I mean, it's one of those things. Like he says it now, but you know, yeah. in years there's going to be an ultimate whatever collection. Yeah, yeah, but, but you gotta yeah, buy it's not, now. It's not going to happen until they're done with the book. And I think they're saying like the first issue is like eight years at the schedule they're at, releasing it every other week. It's still gonna because it's like 193 issues, 194 okay. somewhere up there. Yeah. Um, and so like yeah, they're saying it's a it's like gonna take like eight years or something like that to get through that. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense. Uh, uh, Robert Kirkman. Does like I, I'm I'm piggybacking off that Invincible, yeah. A, another long ass series that I stand by. Uh, uh, I I I don't know. Uh, Invincible is amazing from beginning to end. It has some lulls, but like I power through it, and it's like I love it because I love those characters. You know, it, it doesn't. The, the lulls don't ever feel aimless. They feel more no. like breaths. They feel more like pull like hitting the gas and pull and and pulling back. Like that's, especially because I'm kind of I haven't watched it yet, but I'm hearing mixed, not enthusiastic is what I'll say responses to the show. Um, is the like show it, out? It's coming. 
it's coming. It's yeah. Yeah. But I'm like reviews are starting to come in, and I'm, I'm hearing a little like tepid. Um, okay. Just because I mean, it's it's the same thing the Walking Dead show. It's just like you're you're adapting twenty two pages of comic book into in this case twenty two minutes of cartoon, and you have to, it's different storytelling. Um, and so yeah, it's just kind of running into some some storytelling snafus and filling in the the gaps that they have to fill in to just to hit content. Yeah. Um, um I, I I mean I think they're dropping the first three episodes or something at once. Um on Friday. Yeah. Um uh but um definitely image. Sounds... Like if you want stuff yeah. that if you want non superhero, image is the best place to start. Cause like yeah. Dark Dark Horse I would say as well, but Dark Horse like yeah, Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse is a little like there are a lot of adaptations. There's a lot of licensing. Obviously, stuff. Hellboy is their yeah. big hit. Oh but yeah, that's Dark Horse. Some interesting stuff like, uh, um, like Double O Seven is at Dynamite. You know, if you're interested. Yeah, Dynamite's a good one. Uh, boom, Boom has a uh, Power Rangers. There's like three Power Rangers titles that like happen at once. If you like Power Rangers. They oh, yeah. really explore the mythos. Yeah. Boom does a lot of interesting licensed stuff. I think they do both Godzilla yeah. and King Kong and Planet oh. of the Apes. So they did like a whole crossover that was Planet of the Apes meets King Kong. Oh. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, IDW is doing all the Star Trek stuff. So, yeah. you know, just recently they were publishing a Voyager miniseries and, uh, and currently are doing a uh, Star Trek The Original Series uh, yeah. book called Year Five. So it's seeing what happens after the original run of Star Trek. So it's, it's really good. Okay. Oh, because so technically within the the mythos of the show, like however many, like what was it, like seventy six episodes or something, they're saying that was the five year mission. Right. I mean, it was three years of the show, and then one year of the animated series, and then this is year five. Okay. Oh, so okay. Okay, interesting. So it's essentially um, like the the waning days of the of the continuing missions of the Starship Enterprise, where the where the crew is just kind of getting kind of tired. They're like, ah, another god. What is it? Okay, <laughs> well, oh, you know, it's, great. It's, it all like leads up to you know the uh, the motion picture, right? And then they right. have a whole other twenty years of being on the Enterprise, right. What what year is the motion picture supposed to take place? Like how many years after? I think it takes. It's supposed to be like ten or fifteen years after. After the series. Uh, yeah, something like that. I think it's pretty much the same as what it is in real life. It's oh, ten or fifteen years later, and the captain is is this young guy Matt Decker, and then Admiral Kirk comes back and takes his ship back, and so there's the right. conflict between the two characters, and then Wrath, of, and then apparently the the ship gets retired and becomes like a crew training vessel and that's when we meet them again in wrath of khan mm. you know and then wrath of khan star trek 3 and star trek 4 kind of make a trilogy and then yeah. there's the second enterprise the enterprise a that you have in star trek's five and six and then the next generation they just start murdering enterprises left and right <laughs> <laughs> um he's kidding uh, <laughs> No, they they like uh, Dude, generations. Uh, they crash it. 
Um, no. Oh, but yeah, that's in the that's in the movie after the seven year run. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, I wanna I wanna move into somebody. Well, Matt in the comments was asking about Alien, and oh. uh, I know that Trevor read the Alien comic. I did not. Gil, did you? The Alien comic? I haven't read it. I heard they're also doing a Predator book now. Both of these oh. are Marvel, right? Because yeah. Because oh, Fox. That's awesome. I hope they bring them into the continuity. I hope it becomes all one thing. I they mean, have. They had a, a, a an alternate like cover, like a, a for Predator, and it's him doing his skull spine thing, but it's with the Iron Man mask cool. and oh. then a spine. It's like ooh. Oh man, the Sweet. Predator. Are you guys reading Iron Man right now? I uh I started it. I I think I'm a couple issues behind. They're on issue seven now, and okay, I think I read you know, five issues. I love a comic book story that takes our hero and puts that guy through its paces. Like the idea of you know, I'll give you a slight spoiler, and I'm not going to tell you the context of it. But Iron Man's back is broken, but he's not done with a mission. And he can't take off his armor until he finishes the mission. Because if he takes his armor off, his back is fucking broken. Like, he has yeah. to get himself to a hospital. But in the meantime, he has to go after Korvac, who's about to destroy the universe. Yeah. So yeah. he puts okay. together a ragtag team. It's really good. I highly recommend reading Iron Man right now. It's so who's Who's writing it? Ah, you're going to make me look it up. Well, because I... I, I was reading a lot of the Bendis. I actually just re-downloaded the Bendis because I wanted to go through it again. Um, but then I know Dan Slott. I thought he was still writing it, which is when I pieced out. Um, but yeah, I think he's just gotten a new... Uh, Iron Man just got a new team. Well, yeah, he put um, together like a ragtag kind of group. Yeah, I love ragtag teams. I love getting the band back together, putting together ragtag teams... Uh, you know, all that, all that type of thing. Oh, it's, uh, uh, it's Cantwell. Cantwell is the writer. Mm. So I think okay. That's, uh, Christopher Cantwell. Okay. I'm uh, really good. The artwork is interesting. They have interesting things to do with, uh, characters like Blizzard and, and Hellcat and, uh, yeah. Scarlet Spider and Frogman. And so lots of weird, uh, third tier characters getting a spotlight in Iron Man right now. Yeah. Is it Pacheco? Is that Pacheco? Am I thinking about it? No, correctly? the artist is Cafu. Oh. Is I'm just going to guess Pacheco it? for everything, by the way. <laughs> That's just my go-to guess. Pacheco, right? Okay. Is Scarlet Spider, is he Ben Riley or is he Kane again? Like who? <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's, it's Kane. It's Kane, ben okay. Riley, oh, because Ben Riley at the end of that whole like jackal clone thing, he became recently, the Scarlet Spider. He became the '90s Scarlet Spider again. He's running but he around was evil, in the sweatshirt. Right? Wasn't he? Yeah, evil? he was evil, and then he became good, and that's when he but became then the Scarlet Spider. He turned evil again at the end of his run. Oh, he did. Right? I think so, because he got his own like run just for a small second, and yeah. then he turned evil again. I think. Stupid Ben Riley. Yeah. Pick a side, um, Ben Riley. But uh, Andy, tell me the about, alien comic. Yeah, tell me about alien. It's it's interesting. Um, I had to do a little bit of detective work to figure this out, but it takes place a couple years after Alien Three. So you remember, like, Aliens is like the big sort of like lore dump 
of like the Wailing Yutani and like them like really we want an alien um to study. And so this book is about um this guy who's on the space station above Earth um that's featured in Aliens that Ripley's woken up um from, like where she meets Paul Reiser. Um, she's she's uh, above Earth. She never actually no alien of the the original four alien movies takes place on Earth. Um, well, none of them do, right? right? Well, yeah, but Alien vs Predator is on Earth, and uh, Prometheus starts a little bit on Earth because we have like right. Nomi Ray piece talking about the engineers. Um, but yeah, so it's but it's like it's it's definitely like they are going to be dealing with like. It seems the through line is going to be Waylon Yutani's continuing efforts to secure an alien. Well, and what's the, the purpose? What's the purpose of making this comic now? Uh, other than like Marvel has access to aliens now. Well, it's the same thing they were doing with Star <laughs> Wars, right? They brought in John Cassidy, and how many Star Wars books are going on right now? Like three or four? Yeah, it's at least Star Wars, Darth Vader, and. Captain Afra. Afra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Afra. Dr. Uh, Afra. And they, I'm sure they do a bunch of miniseries every once And High Republic. There's a lot of High Republic ones. There's two High Republic series High Republic and High Republic Adventures. See? Um, yeah. They, they're, I, I, like, they're what? Testing ideas to expand the mythos of mostly vi this visual continuity, right? Whether it's their series or their movies. Uh, but, I mean, do they have plans for Alien, you think? I don't know. Like, it's, I mean, because it's like, you have to, like, the reason the AVP movies even exist is because of the comic books. Granted, it's right. because, because of the the cameo in Predator 2, but it's because the comic books finally put them together. Um, and so the comic books, like, of Alien vs. Predator have been influential in the series moving forward, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I, like, I don't know. I, like, kind of after the stink that was The Predator, um, that was an awful garbage movie. Um, I kind of, like, I've forgotten that, like, Fox owned them, and so by right now, Disney owned them. Like, until right. I saw the solicitations for Marvel putting out the new books, I, it was completely out of my mind that now they're they're part of that. Um, hey, but count the days until we get a Die Hard comic. An ongoing Die Hard series, you know? They've done the... I thought... Didn't IDW or Boom do one, like, a little yeah, while back? Yeah, like... I'm sure. Yeah. They, yeah. It, they did a Die Hard Year One, um, where it was, like, a, a, a McLean... Like, a rookie McLean early to the force. I know that they did that. He's just um, dating Holly? <laughs> I Probably. I, I think so. The only thing that the book is, because, you know, like, the in the mythology of Die Hard... Obviously, Nakatomi is the first time he's ever done anything that wasn't just normal cop stuff. This right. Is the, this is, like, the first time he's ever stretched himself in any way. So, I mean, uh, uh, John McClane, year one, should just be him taking his detective exam, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it had to do with, like, a gang or a mob or something more down to earth than Hans Gruber. Uh, so... I think that's what I remember. I remember reading it, but I, I forget. Uh, you know. Um, 
I, I just when when it comes to Alien, he, here's the thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I have never seen an Alien movie. I've never seen an Alien movie because I cannot deal with the with the with the horror of it. I can't deal with the scariness of it. Uh, uh, jump scares scare me. That's like the worst jump scares. But, but Alien you know? Two is much more of a science yeah. fiction film, and that's like the best. Okay. Film. Yeah, aliens is uh sorry, like I made it sound like aliens, yeah, not alien not two gil. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was, but, no, no, but aliens is definitely uh the um, yeah, it's definitely it's just action. Like there's not really too much jump scares. One yeah, of the most right. iconic badass lines in yeah, cinema yeah. history. Like yeah. Terminator Two is an action film, not a horror film. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I mean, I've seen all the Terminator movies. Which, so by the way, is, like, is Terminator Fox movie? Can they do Alien Predator Terminator next? That would be kick-ass. I think, they, I, I think Dark Horse did that, but I, I like think so. Is Terminator Fox? Might not be. It, Terminator might just be distributed. But I think James Cameron owns... Owns the rights? In some way, shape, or form. I can't find but anything for Terminator good. Fox other than the the Sarah Connor Chronicles was on on Fox. Oh, okay, no, it is by Twentieth Century Fox, at least the first one. But all right, well then, yeah, you know. we can get. Um, I I was gonna say that the the closest thing to aliens that I know is the Brood from X Men because right. as as uh, you know, anyone may or may not know that I you know I I love I love me some X Men. Uh, I'm like. That's that's really what, what I'm all about. Um, they recently had an arc in X-Men, not recently, maybe like a year ago, where the brood egg is like, do you guys, do you guys read X-Men? I, I missed the, the brood egg stuff. Yeah, well, but I've been mostly keeping up. I remember the brood egg, but I remember, but I am reading X-Men. Oh, yeah, you're talking about in New Mutants, where they like take it out to space? Yeah, kind of. Uh, oh, it may okay. have just been in New Mutants, but it might have also crossed over with X-Men. I'm not quite sure. But the brood egg, uh, uh, like, the only way that, like, the the queen can be the queen or something, or or that there's a king, and a, they expand the mythos. I forget exactly what it is. Basically, the X-Men accidentally, or the New Mutants accidentally, like, kidnap the brood egg. So all the brood come to Krakoa to chase after the egg, and in the end, well, no, I'm not going to even say what's in the end. Anyway, read it. it it's super cool. It, uh, that's that's not the brood with glasses, right? Sorry if I'm spoiling it. That's that's brew. That's brew. But, but he's yeah. from Jason Aaron's, or is the or is he new? He's uh, he's he's, an, he's been around for a few years, right? Yeah, brew? yeah, he's been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Is is brew the only smart brood, or are they all kind of sentient more than? Uh, they they are sentient, but they're still like hive mind kind of. They're they're not individualistic. But Brew, the reason Brew's on the X Men is because he's technically a mutant brood. Oh. You know, that's that's the reason why he's there. Uh, just like um, Kid Gladiator was was uh, in the X Men oh, yeah. Academy. You know, because he's an and, uh, um, Shiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, son of Gladiator. I, I think they also want. It was a political move too. To, to help, you know, ease relations with the Shi'ar Empire uh, and the Imperial Guard. I think it was a political move. Because they also had Warbird. Warbird was on uh, on the X-Men, astonishing X-Men lineup, I think. And so, 
you know, they accept non-mutants every so often if it serves their political purpose. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I love, oh man, I love X-Men. And I love that run. Again, I, I think I just fell out of DC at New 52 and then I was like, I, I went like full hog to everything that like Marvel had. You know? Well, we had this conversation last time we talked. I mean, clearly uh, a lot of the future state stuff was pretty much nonsense except for the Joelle Jones Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that we were recommending last time uh, Nightwing and Justice League, those things still stand for me. Those are so far my biggest recommendations for yeah. um, the Infinite Frontier era. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm excited for Infinite Frontier and what it has to offer. And I also think, like, there's an extra level of, like, like exotic sounds in the comments, like, us being able to be like, hey, here's something that, like, is, like, you can hop on. Uh, which I hope that that applies to a lot of people out there that are looking to get into comics or like or come back to comics, yeah. where that they can like easily jump on. Did any of you guys read uh, Action Comics ten twenty nine? I didn't read it this week, Trevor. Did you? No, I didn't. That's the one with it's talking about Jonathan Kent. Yeah, yeah. I, I read um, whatever was Superman last week, whatever came out or last month. Mm where they started to go down the the road of Jonathan might be dangerous. Um, Jonathan even being in this era of humanity might be a mistake. Maybe he should yeah. stay in the 30th century, all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's the same conversation we keep having, right? Like why can't Superman be nice? And like, I, I understand it's comics. You want conflict, all of this kind of stuff. But like, there's nothing about Jonathan Kent that reads uh, menacing to me. So it's weird right. that this is where they want to go. I don't know. I'll see where it goes for the story. Uh, what I'm really hoping is that at some point down the line, they do some kind of duo book between John Kent and Connor Kent, and it gets to sort of mimic the brother relationship on Superman and Lois. I need Connor to come back and actually feel like a part of the Kent family because the closest he's ever been to the Kent family is when Superboy got his his own um you know his own series where uh he was it was the black shirt Superboy. Yeah, he was and, living like, at the Kent farm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that it was uh the Jeff Johns um yeah, uh Francis uh Banipole. Yeah. Yeah, Adventure yeah. Comics. That was good. Yeah, I loved yeah, when he when he was Black shirt Superboy was the yeah. best. Uh, I know Gil disagrees. Well, look, I, everything Jeff Johns touches turns to ash, you know. Uh, <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> but no, but I think, like, that no, was... I agree with you. I, but that, super, that yeah. was... He, he was a 90s attitude pastiche of a character when he first came in. He had, like, mm. the, fa the high fade... The, yeah. the small sunglasses. Yeah, the, the circle, circle sunglasses. Yeah. 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 And, and I think you, Jeff... Here's what I would have done, because what Jeff Johns loves to do is give a character angst. So here you have a character that's all bravado. Bravado is kind of his main character trait. He's going yeah. around, don't call me Superboy, I'm Superman, all of this stuff. And instead of taking that character and exploring who that character is, he just changes the character. So just yeah. rests the legs out from underneath it, um, makes him now he's now he's moody. Now he knows that that Lex Luthor has donated some DNA, so it becomes like a nature versus nurture thing. So you see a lot of panels of Connor Kent 
sitting on hillsides, staring off into the sunset. Like, okay, so now he's a very kind of like sad, introspective character. And then, you know, on the Young Justice cartoon, now he's like, anger is his sort of central personality trait, right? He's the right. angry guy as opposed to whatever. But he's originally the cocky guy. And there's nothing right. wrong with finding a cocky character and finding the depth to their cockiness because there certainly is insecurity that comes uh you know that should be underneath that there can be a humbling which certainly joe kelly did when he was writing superboy um there's all of these things but it retains the central character thing if you if you want to read a superboy that i personally love it's probably joe kelly's superboy and the artist is pascal ferry I mean, look, Pascal Ferry. I I die for Pascal Ferry. He's so amazing. So, I I like team books, um, and it links with what you're saying. So I like Superboy in Young Justice. Yeah. Uh, because in team books, authors have to stick to a personality trait for each of these characters. Like you have to be like this character is this, this character is this. When they're in their own solo title, every character is genius level intellect. Every character is is willpower. Every character, you know what I mean? Like every character has redeeming qualities, and like they're just every character is just every character, you know. Right. And like uh, when they're in their solo title, like Superman being a genius is. I'm not a fan of Superman being a genius. Like I don't think that's his his like. If I was gonna list five qualities about Superman. I don't think genius is even in those top five. Like, and I don't mean powers. I mean like yeah. personality traits or or special. I would like, say that, that make I would tick. say smart. I mean, I like I like the idea that the reporter thing is motivated by his personality. So it's not yeah. just he's there to keep his ear to the ground in case trouble starts. Like you don't right. become a, a a reporter at the New York Times unless you're a good reporter, right? Yeah. He has to be an actual good investigator. He has right. to be someone who is interested in people and is interested in writing. So he's got to be right. a great. He's got to be a great writer. He's got to have the traits that you would associate with being a really good reporter. Yeah, that I think is perfectly fair to make as part of Superman's personality traits. He doesn't have to be a genius in building robots or whatever, but he should be a smart guy. Yeah, I hate it. I hate the super robots. By the way, I was watching <laughs> Superman and the Elite the other day, and it serves the plot. But I hate those robots in the Fortress of Solitude. He doesn't. Why does Superman need robots? Anyway, sorry. Trevor. Read the Fortress of Solitude. Um, what, was like a Dairy Queen. Like it's gonna go out of business when he's gone. <laughs> um, there was a, to to uh, to Gil's point. Like there was this really cool moment towards the end of Grant Morrison's Action Comics run at the start of the New Fifty Two. And there's a scene where it's Superman's kind of like doing his hemming and hawing and like, I don't like, do I need to still be Superman? Like, I'm not feeling like I'm doing that much good. And, um, or, or I think he's like, oh, do I need to be Clark Kent? Should I just be Superman all the time? Like I can actually do good that way. And basically he has a heart to heart with Batman and Batman says like, Hey, you know, maybe Superman's not able to do as much good as he thinks, but like, there's some good that Clark Kent can only do as a reporter. And he like said, like, I read your articles and like, you are making an impact with those tools just as much as you are with the tools of flight and speed and strength fighting these monsters. Like, and so, yeah, like there's definitely 
something to be said, like he has to have a base level skills to be working for a major metropolitan uh, uh, newspaper. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it's one of those things of like, I always like when uh, a writer takes into account that Peter Parker makes his money as a photographer. So he must know about cameras. He's not just webbing a disposable camera to the wall and selling J. Jonah Jameson the pictures. Like, he's learned. He's skilled. And it's a trait that I don't think a lot of writers tend to lean into. Um, right. With characters like Superman or uh, Spider-Man. Like, there, these involve if these characters have these jobs... It involves a certain type of skill to reach the level that you're at. Right. Yeah, and I do think writers do figure out how to do that with Daredevil because so many Daredevil stories are about the law or him coming into contact with law enforcement of the judicial system. Uh, are you guys reading Daredevil right now? It's Chip Again, Stone. that's that's one of the ones I stopped like maybe a year ago. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I Maybe I'm wrong but I feel like there's like two daredevil stories in the world and every writer is just doing their spin on the same two or three stories, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, but I can't get enough of it. I love that daredevil. I don't mind. It's almost like, have you guys ever gone through something really terrible and you just like replay it over and over and over in your head, like all the time. Has that ever yep. happened in your life? Yep. I feel like, like that's what reading. Yeah. It's like trauma. Like trauma. A real trauma. I feel like that's what Daredevil is. Like reading Daredevil is trauma because I'm just reading the same story over and over and over again. The kingpin comes back. The owl takes over this part of uh, Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Daredevil quits or... Or, or right. turns himself in, or or now it's finally going to be over. That's the trial of Daredevil. You see the, these same things over and over and over again, but I will buy it every single time. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. so it's Zdarsky doing it, right? Because it was, was it, uh, I, it, he wasn't the one who took it over um, after Mark Wade, right? I'm not sure. There was, I think there was a, a, a a thing in between and that went that re- seemed to revert back to the like pre shadow land like uh ed brubaker andy diggle uh sort of way where it's just like it was just brutal it was brutal without the intrigue and i wasn't like too big of a fan of that but like i'm a fan of chip sadarsky of, of a lot of his stuff like mm. but i i didn't realize he had taken it over so i your recommendation last time we talked is I, I have it on my radar and it's just waiting to be read. Well, this last issue was really good because, I mean, just to spoil it, Daredevil's in prison. You know, as he... There's always going to be a prison story with, like, a lot of these superheroes. They always find themselves back into prison and they got to fight their way out or, or figure out how to coexist with the prison population. Exactly. So Daredevil's in prison again. Um, <laughs> but, like, the... It, the story was called Are You Okay? And I was like, wow, this is the kind of comics I love because it was all of these character-focused vignettes. It was Kingpin goes to visit Typhoid Mary in the hospital. Um, is it Typhoid Are they Mary? hooking up? Huh? Is Are they typhoid? hooking up? Is that her name? Is that... Well, I mean, there is Typhoid uh, Mary. I'm, I'm out of the loop, so I don't know, but... The, the crazy lady in the comics. Yeah, yeah with the half-face. Half yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Uh, no, they're not hooking up, but they have a relationship. They have a friendship because they've oh, known gotcha. each other now since the 70s, right? right. Um, so, like, he goes to visit her in the hospital, and um, and uh, there's, a, there's a Foggy Nelson story, and there's a, uh, a Matt in prison story. So all of these things are kind of happening at the same time. Or no, it's... It's not a foggy story. It's an Electra story because Electra has now taken over be- being Daredevil. Well, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, so so Electra has her story. Kingpin has a story, and uh, and Matt has a story, and they all center around the phrase "Are you okay?" And it was like, oh, this is the kind of comics I love. Mm. Interesting. That reminds me of the. It was like a a, a moment, like a little segment uh, at the end of. Uh, Purple Man run that uh, Mark Wade did, and Mark Wade like he, he he addressed a lot of a lot of the darker sides of Daredevil um, that had been like basically the the signature of the character for the twenty years preceding that run, um, but finally at the Purple Man uh, arc is like the one where it's finally confronted like all the trauma that Matt Murdock's been through, and just has this wonderful moment where. He's lying to his girlfriend, Karen Duff, uh, McDuffie at the time. Um, and uh, he's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm all right. Like that fight just kind of took the wind out of me. And like, I'm just going to go to my apartment and whatever. And it's like, and then it's like two silent pages of him just walking in the dark in shadows. And then it, like he curls up in a ball and like, it looks like, and there's the end of the issue. Old Matt Murdock's back, and then you turn the page, and he reaches out to Karen. Um, it's not Karen because it can't be Karen. Um, but he he reaches was she out the to lawyer. Was yeah, she the lawyer, the district attorney. Yeah, McDuffie, um, or Duffy. Um, but she was like, she like stayed behind and like, and they addressed it, but like they they didn't um, like go back into the darkness. Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten, yeah, yeah, but I lo- like Daredevil's like he's a character like I like it when they try and pull him back from the the depths, but like do it they introduce humanity into that book because it's very easy for that book to become cruel and violent. Yeah, and that's what I think they're doing with Iron Man right now. Like Iron Man almost feels like a Daredevil book with the way that they're treating Tony Stark right now. Um, and I think it's a really smart way to do it. I think we've seen a lot of really cocky Iron Man stories over the last few years. We've seen him die and come back and Iron Man 2020 with a bunch of with these weird gear shoulder pads. Uh, we've seen every version of Iron Man recently and to take yeah. him and be like, okay, what if we Matt Murdock him a little bit? Like, I just thought it was a really smart smart thing to do because, it, you know, it harkens back to the old, like, demon in a bottle days you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, quick, quick thing. I, uh, we've been getting some comments. Um, uh, uh, basically exotic sounds was saying how we got a Kindle app. He has the Kindle and then Amazon has a partnership with comiXology and they made reading app, uh, comics on the app. Very simple. Uh, Matt says, is there a Netflix type service for digital comics? Uh, yeah. we talked about Marvel unlimited last time and then DC has different DC universe infinite if dc universe <laughs> because like their streaming service crapped out they just turned it into <laughs> yeah. a, a comic reading service yes 
Uh, I think Comixology, uh, yeah. they have Comixology Unlimited as well, and I think that's mm. subscription-based, similar to Marvel. Okay, so you're looking for an unlimited or an infinite, essentially, when it comes to these comic things, if you're looking to just, like, gorge yourself, which works. I mean, that I, I, I like that, because Kindle's, like, you, you buy these Kindle versions, and they're, like, what, two bucks a pop? And it's, like... Eh, pay 15 bucks get a get a monthly subscription or something you know yeah um uh yeah and Um, just the the, if you're if you're in la the la library um you can pick up books you can make reservations while we're still in covid times but they have a very extensive comic collection across the various la county libraries um because that's, that's another thing you find out reading comics, especially if you read it for a long time. It's just like, you're buying some duds. You're buying some some weaker stories. Or you're buying some yeah. stories that you're just like, all right, I'm glad I read this, but I'm not I'm not going to read this again. I'm not going to pick up the story again. And so stuff like that is a way to get, is a way to ingest this, the, the, uh, the lower tier stories, the lower tier iconic right. stories without being hindered by phone memory or physical storage space investing in long boxes all that stuff um, right even the even these trade paperbacks like i'm all i don't i'm only good this is my x-men shelf but like i only have this because it uh i'm a completionist and now i've gotten enough of the big events where now i'm filling in between the big events and i'm getting some duds but i'm getting it because i feel like i want to have literally every issue compiled in like trade paperback uh, it's bad. It's an addiction. I uh, <laughs> I just bought some new ones that came in today, and then I realized that I like in this new trade paperback of the Flash already has the issues of another trade paperback of the Flash. What have I done? Why have I bought double now? Uh, I made a mistake. Anyway, the point being is that um, uh, I I think like it's cool. Like yeah, if you're getting like the unlimited apps or whatever, like um, that sounds like a TGI Fridays thing limited apps um like it's better especially like for someone like exotic sounds out there who's like looking to get into it like uh i think it, it would be really helpful i wish they had that when i was a kid but you're right trevor's like the library helped me a lot when i was a kid and like some of uh, like the fullerton library only had like a couple of comics but the anaheim library had like a bunch and now all these libraries have a bunch so yeah and you can you can reserve books and have them uh once they're all open, now they're designated spots, but you can basically have it sent to your nearest library so you don't have to drive, like, to downtown L.A. to go to the Central Library if you're living in North oh, Hollywood, gosh. like I am. You could just, like, request it and have it sent, and then you pick it up from your nearby library. Um, but, yeah, like, over the past, like, 20 years, libraries have... It's been a concerted effort from creators, writers, and artists... Um, to get more comics into libraries um, because it's a way, it's a way to get kids reading. Like I know my, my nephew, he's 11. He's, they like have this, uh, this thing that uh, monitors like the amount of words you read. Like it's like you read a book from a list and it knows how many words are in that book. And so you have like a word, a growing word count over the year and he's third or fourth in his whole school because he became such a ferocious reader reading comics and he probably yeah. is like th- the highest word count because he read a bunch of books 
that weren't tracked by this system that they didn't have counts for. Um, But uh, yeah, like there's been a much more concerted effort for like things like that, uh, like those sort of educational programs, school libraries and public libraries to get comic books in because they're realizing like people have been trying to say for years and years and years, uh, kids read comics and that gets them plugged into reading. Yeah, Yeah, that was one of the... I feel like our generation was the last generation that really had comics in supermarkets. And I know that when I was first getting into them around the death of Superman, Costco even sold comics. Like you would go to Costco and they would have every Marvel book for that week would be in a pack or every DC oh, book shit. in a pack. Um, so oh, I was getting man. like 10 or 15 in a set. Um, and I, I can't imagine. Thought, By the way, you're, you're saying something that's so <laughs> like... Me as a kid would have loved that, but keep going. Yeah, I, I, mean, I assume they were like one or two months old because they were only like it was only like ten bucks for the whole set. Uh, yeah. Each time. Um, but that's how I built up a giant comics collection. But it was like, oh man, I'm reading all of this stuff, and I was reading books that I had no idea what was going on in them, but I just loved looking at them. You know, I have a bunch of issues of West Coast Avengers and <laughs> random shit. Um, Guy Gardner Warrior, you know, just stuff where you're like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I love this. And I think Trevor's exactly right. Like, because comics aren't available everywhere, it's so important to have them available. Sorry, available in libraries. You know, they used to be available at the newsstand. They used to see them uh, in in line to check out at the supermarket. Yeah. They even exist in supermarkets. Or like, yeah, like magazine sections in grocery stores. Or yeah. like Barnes and Noble or Borders would have like yeah. their rack of stuff, and it's just like all those places are gone or drying up yep. or not yeah. being stocked. Um, there's like I mean I know a lot about like my area and like what different places work for that. Um, but like Comic Hero U is a comic shop in, in Fullerton that I rep that we used to that I, I know the owner Enrique um, and. Uh, uh, it's a really good comic store. Uh, it's over there. There's also a used bookstore in downtown Fullerton, um, on Amaridge, uh, Amaridge and Harbor, uh, that has comic books, like a big comic book section. So like, uh, what I always recommend, I recommend eBay. If you want to own a, if you want to own a comic that has by hand, but like you're fine with it being used eBay, like that's like, some of these are like library ex library books. Yeah. And they're like pretty good condition. Okay, cool. They got a stamp on the side. I don't care. You know, I got it. All I care about is this, is a spine. Like, if the spine is good oh, and man. I can read that title, we're good. I'm so annoyed because I finally got my copy of Civil War. I've, I've never ha- owned a copy of it, and yeah. it said it was in good, very good condition. But look, I mean, it's not. It's not. Oh, I... It's not a busted spine. Oh, you can't see it. Ah. Yeah, it's, it keeps getting lo- blocked by the. You got to put it in front of your chest, like in front of you. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's not a broken spine, but it does, it's just a tear in the plastic. And I'm just You're telling it. me, I got this from eBay and I couldn't return it, or I, I could have returned it, but I think I missed my deadline uh, of Mighty Avengers. And see that big old rip? Ugh. But that's just in the cover? Yeah, it's just on the cover. As long as it's but just like, in the cover. I, I, I don't feel good. I know. I just don't feel... I, I don't, I don't I feel like keeping it. You hate it. It's a thing <laughs> that bothers you, but... Yeah. 
maybe maybe I can tape it. Maybe I can tape it. Maybe remember, I can remember it. that's a you thing. <laughs> the comic is still the comic. Yeah, it's still right. good. Like that. Yeah, I think I became uh, like almost like militantly like who gives a shit about that stuff because like I grew up in like just as like the collector market was really booming and then I saw it sort of collapse out and it's just like it, we're like we're doing this because of the stories we're like as right. long as like Gil's right like as long as the story's intact I have old comics like my my individual comic collection uh is mostly back home but it is like I was not a good comic book owner in my teens like it's <laughs> It's just covers ripped yeah. off, but it's like the page. But it's like I have the whole story. Don't have the cover on some of them, but I have all the pages. The thing is, my heart breaks kind of every time I look at this collection because I don't even want to tell this story. But I have <laughs> I had an ex girlfriend who, as you know, things were kind of getting bad. She took a knife and oh, stabbed no. my collection of trades. So I, there's a bunch of these trades that have, like, really, that are really fucking ripped up. And I still have them. And, you know, some of them, like, don't aren't really in print, like, JLA Titans, like, so, some mm. things like Invasion and Millennium. And Was JLA Titans the Technus Imperative? The Technus Imperative, yeah. Uh -huh. that, one, that one is fucked up. But I, I don't actually <laughs> have it, but I have it. There's a I remember that one. Yeah. It's really weird. Like sometimes I'll open a book and I'll see like the last four pages have like a, a knife mark through them. <laughs> Guys, I had a girlfriend stab my comics. That's Jeez. I I don't I I oh I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's fine. Um she's okay. I'm not gonna she's... I'm not gonna victim blame. I'm not gonna yeah. victim blame yeah, blame, blame you. But no, but she, she, this is obviously a woman who knew how to hurt you. Like that's, oh. <laughs> that's, or, that's all we know about her. It's like, well, you know, here, here's the problem is that I worry that it's, that she thought she knew how to hurt me, that she was like, you care about this more than me. I'm going oh. to hurt this. Right. Yeah. But in, in reality, you know, they're just things like, fine. Yeah. You know, it's like you said, these also, these are all collections, right? And they're not the original, con these things aren't, these things are only worth the cover price, right? Yeah. Right. Or maybe even half that because however much you could sell it for. In the end, they're just the comics, which is yeah. why I can't, I can't get upset that a, that this thing is, uh, this Civil War issue is torn a little bit yeah. or something has a sticker on it or whatever. Like, yeah. I can't, you know, it's not like she uh, stabbed a first edition you know, Amazing Fantasy 15 or something. Yeah. Right. But, right. That, like, the point is that I don't care about comics more than I care about them. <laughs> and then it was, like, it was hurtful that she thought that that, yeah. that it would be. Yeah. Um, I feel like now we're, we're turning this into a relationship podcast. But we can do it. <laughs> we can do it. We, can do, uh, we got a caller on the line. Um, yeah. Love line. Uh, I mean, I feel like probably the worst way to hurt me was just be, like, shatter all my Legos, maybe. You know, because that shit, I, I won't be able to put that together. Uh, I don't think I can. If you, you do you enough of those. Instructions? No, but you could look them up online. But like at a certain point, like, I don't know. I don't know whether I could rebuild. You know, we shall rebuild. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, Real quick, I just wanted to talk about Action Comics. Something that they brought up in, in that issue is that they brought up that Jonathan Kent in the future. Like he, he's been pretty good. 
you know, pretty capable. Exotic Sounds said he read this issue. Um, uh, he mentions that that he knows that Superman's gonna die soon. And like, and then like, there's something there. Obviously, he's not. And they're gonna be like, oh, okay. They're building up towards like, there's something to do with a dimensional breach uh, that Superman will die. And he knows this because he was in the future. Uh, uh, and I just thought it was okay. This doesn't sound to me like a Superman story that's built for me in particular. But yeah. as long as you're enjoying it, God bless. Enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I I can't say that I did enjoy it. I'm just telling you <laughs> that there's a plot point here. That like I don't I don't know. Here's I mean I will. Yeah, go ahead, Trevor. I was just gonna say like like also like if this is a person who's getting into comics, I can see the excitement because you know like it's old hat. Superman is gonna die or Superman's gonna turn evil for us. But I will say like I think the unique spin on this version is like it's it's been like just Superman turns evil or Superboy is the super clone and he turns evil like seeing the ramifications of a Superman that turns evil because of the ability or inability of Superman as a father, that, like, it's like, all right, well, this is more taking on the question of Superman's legacy and if it can withstand whether or not the Man of Steel can stand up and maintain his morals. It's like, can his morals outlive him? Like, that's the potential of the, of an arc like that is to kind of examine the, that story trope from that. One of the things I really like about that, you know, I think it was common wisdom for years that, you know, if you get start giving a character a child or you know let them really move on in their lives and take on like adult characteristics, that you'll lose the essence of those characters. And I think you know part, I think part way. A lot of people felt that way about Wally West, right? Once he started having uh, kids and a family, it was like, okay, this, I don't really know if, if Wally West is this guy anymore, or the guy that I recognize, right? Uh, but Superman, I think, is a character that becomes only more Superman the more people you add that he cares about. Because the central yeah. characteristic is that he cares about others. So, and so, I mean, Superman is a literal representation of good fatherhood, right? Like that's what he was created to be, was sort of the icon of a of an adult male role model to a generation of kids whose fathers were at war, right? Um, and so literalizing that, giving this character kids, I think only strengthens that aspect of his character. So, you know, things like Superman and Lois are really smart, or a lot of the stories they've done with John Kent, I think have been really, uh, really smart. Right. Well, That's it, why it sucked. Um, so, sorry, Trevor, real quick. It sucked when they brought in Chris Kent. If you guys remember in before New 52, they brought in Chris uh, Kent and Zod, they had Superman. Zod's kid, Zod's right? Son. Yeah. And uh, they had him, them raise him, and then he, like, they just got, like, rid of him real quick. Um, Trevor, sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, it's what's also interesting, and they bring, they, like, explicitly bring this point up in Superman and Lois, is, like, every, like, yeah, he's Superman, he's going off and saving the day, but it's also, like, those are times he's not being a father. Like, right. It's these are the, the times he's gone saving the world are times he's missing baseball games. He's not helping with homework. He's not around. And so it is kind of interesting to see that like, yeah, like Gil was saying that that idea literalized and seeing not only the benefits of that, but also the fallback, the fallout 
of those choices. Yeah. How how up to date in the series are you guys? I think I, I haven't seen last night's episode. Yeah, okay. um, I, I missed last night's. I missed last night's episode too, but in the previous episode when Jonathan Kent is getting picked on and his eyes glow red and Clark can hear him, he's at the farm. That moment, that moment uh, showed me like uh, they could write him properly because I was afraid in like a weird Smallville angsty sort of way that he would be like, I can hear my son like being tortured and I'm not going to be there for him on purpose because he's got to stand his... up for himself or like, I can't give a it away. I can't, or like, a, yes, I don't know. Yeah, a Zack Snyder kind of way of like, what should I have done? Let them die. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, Yeesh. he shows up. Right. You guys see the Snyder cut? Did you see how Silas yeah. Stone has the exact same death that Jonathan Kent has in Man of Steel? You mean just a, pointless. a ridiculous pointless death? Yeah, a completely pointless death. I'm dying to save you. <laughs> I'm dying so you know to make a point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a better it's a better vision than just this league the theatrical cut, but it's yeah. 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 Uh I mean, yeah. Uh, we we did a thing on Zack Snyder. Uh, uh, it was hard. I, I tried not to rip it apart, uh, but it did it better than the 2017 version because at least it had a consistent tone. Now, whether yeah. that tone is what you want in your DC universe, it's not for me. Yeah, uh, it was it was consistent. Props to him, and he got to finish it. But it makes sense why nobody wants to restore the Snyderverse, or at least the executives don't want to restore the Snyderverse. But the fans are going crazy. Who cares what fans want? <laughs> the fans don't know what they want. They think they know what they want. They don't know. Yeah. Right. I want a Superman that just, like, blows people up with heat vision, dude. Like, that's uh, not I what mean, I, I like. I like the not... today that we got uh, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Oh, yeah. That's I'm, great. I'm, I'm I miss that. that. That's awesome. It's very clear that Black Adam is going to be a JSA movie. Yeah. Yeah. The characters that are in it are are uh, Adam Smasher and Hawkman, Black Adam, obviously, Twister and Dr. Fate. Those are the characters that we know um, yeah. are in it. So, yeah, it's just, I'm super into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm loving the melanin, personally. Uh, yeah, the fact sure. that, like, Hawkman and, is she Twister or Cyclone? Cyclone. Cyclone is what I was asking. Cyclone. She's Ma Hunkle's granddaughter. She's the da- granddaughter of Ma Hunkle, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're bringing her in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I did not get see any of the casting stuff today. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that. Uh, again, but like that's, it's the real tragedy of, of being the DC fan that I am is that so much of it <laughs> is because of Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns streamlining the characters. And like, he was like, if he wasn't directly involved in the books, he was running parallel with them as these other books were happening. And so uh, like, just, just to kind of find out all the stuff over the past, like couple of years of just like how he's operated as an executive, but then also just to see like a real downturn in the quality of his work. Um, like, cause doomsday clock with the exception of the meta verse issue, the like, ex- like issue 11, like the explainer exposition issue, that thing was a train wreck. Um, oh, interesting. And yeah, okay. Three Jokers. Three was Jokers awful. was three. Sadistic. Three Jokers was bad. Definitely. It was. It was. That was 
rule. That was a mean-spirited book yes. for no reason. Three Jokers was three too many. <laughs> it was just it was just bad. It was a bad Jason Todd story. It ignored all of the progress Jason Todd has made as a character over the last six years or whatever. Yeah. But also, like, yeah. there... There is a, a a real good aside from everything that's come out, but like there's a real good like argument that Jeff Johns is the reason for the expedited timeline of Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League, yeah. because I remember at Comic Con the year the Green Lantern movie was announced, they were talking about trilogy that would basically go Green Lantern, Sinestro Corps, War, Black Lanterns. It's like what Black Lanterns is the third movie you know why yeah. black like blackest night was so cool because all these characters from 50 60 years of comic books were coming back turned uh, evil Trevor, um by the black lantern rings and it's just like with the yeah. comic book movies just as a concept because you know if you're going to adapt a comic to a movie comics are serialized if the, the most direct adaptation you could do should be a television show, right? So if you're doing movies, every movie is the biggest moment in that character's life, and the only thing you're getting are those three movies, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily work. I feel like that's the reason... So my, my thing about X-Men, the movies, has always been that we've never seen a movie where the X-Men are just the X-Men. Every single X-Men movie is an origin story, right? Every single one. And then at the end, they skip ahead to Logan, and you're like, wait a minute. You guys <laughs> haven't even done a movie where the X-Men are the X-Men, and you're <laughs> skipping ahead to the end of it? You right. know, that's the the only exception I can think is Days of Future Past, the future part, but, like, um, if that counts. that's the It doesn't, because like, it's, also, it's also skipping ahead to the end. Right? Yeah, you never have the well, one. And the X Men can just be the X Men. An apocalypse ends with the setup that they will be that, and then and Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, comes back, and they're in the blue and yellow. Like the, their cool costumes from the last one didn't even happen. Right. Um, yeah. That's Dark Phoenix is the only movie where they're they're actually the X Men. And it's yeah. awful. And it's the yeah. worst one. Twelve movies or whatever, including yeah. the Deadpool movies. There's only one where they're actually the X-Men. Um, yeah. And I think the, the same thing. So, you know, when you talk about uh, Green Lantern, like, it would be great if, like, movie one was an origin story, if movie two was his career over the course of right. how long he's Green Lantern, and then the third one, you can do the ending or whatever. But it's the same thing with uh, the, the the Nolan trilogy, the Batman trilogy, right? Yeah. Because that's a two-movie origin story. You have Batman Begins and then The Dark Knight. He's not Batman until the end of The Dark Knight, right? Okay. And then Dark Knight Rises, you skip ahead to The Dark Knight Returns. Right. Right, or whatever. It's it's 10 years later. He hasn't been Batman for 10 years. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. That doesn't make sense for Batman. That's not the Batman I know. Yeah. The Batman I know doesn't quit being Batman no matter what. Right. I've I, had I think it's the... I've had phases like fashion phases last longer than Christopher Nolan's Batman was Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think it's WB's. I I honestly blame everything. I don't blame it even on Jeff Johns. I blame it on WB executives. Uh, I think they're asking which the wrong he is questions. one now. Like, uh, no, not not any. Well, oh yeah, he's not. Uh, what's his name? The guy who. I agree Walter with 34. I think it's great that Ant-Man is a smaller or smaller scale movies. Yeah. 
Because yeah. it just makes uh, the it fills out the reality of of the MCU, and it makes it seem like okay, these characters are having adventures between these movies. One of the things the MCU has done so well is every movie doesn't feel like this is the only time we've seen this character. Like we know these characters are having adventures between these movies that we're right. just not seeing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But like, I think that WB executives are asking themselves, "Hey, what are the big storylines? What like what 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 sold a lot?" And yeah. you know, Jeff Johns just happened to have written like, like maybe what you can you can make an, uh, but, uh, an yeah. argument that like Jeff Johns shouldn't have written ten titles at once because like he was writing like ten titles at once mm. for a long time, and so he wrote a lot of like iconic like lines like Flashpoint or like you know bringing Hal back with Parallax and like whatever. But like I think the WB executives are asking the wrong questions. They're asking like, hey, what 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 comics made the most money? Like, let's do that storyline. And it's just going to be these big things, and they're thinking of it as an island when it's not an island. It's, uh, like Gil was saying, serialized storytelling. Whereas Marvel, they weren't like, oh, with Ant-Man, what were the big, big Ant-Man stories that, like... like yeah, the, only, the only Ant-Man story that, ca- that a casual Ant-Man fan like me knows is the time he hit his wife. So yeah. that's what... You're not <laughs> no. going to do that one in a movie. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mar- yeah. yeah, Marvel's doing it where they're sort of they're strip mining their stories for parts for right. the MCU, and and DC is still weirdly trying to wholesale rip out chunks and present them. Right, as, Flash like, the point, movies. like Flash yeah. is the first Flash Come on. movie. This is exactly my point. Exactly my point. Like you start with the ending, this doesn't make sense. Just because right. that's the biggest story you think is the biggest story. Like, who likes Flashpoint? By the way, who is I do not Flashpoint. Anyone in this room? Well, it's it's right. the Edge Lords. It's the Edge Lords. <laughs> it's the casual fans that like the animated movie, where it's like they want to see this like all out war anyone. between Amazons and and Atlantis. They want to see these like crazy huge concepts that only work. Because they're building upon a foundation and yeah, because like, it's all subversion. Yeah, you yeah. need to have the trope established before you can subvert it, and that's right. what they're not understanding. Right, they want injustice. Like there are yeah. casual fans that are like, we just want an injustice movie. Why don't we just have injustice movies all the time? That's literally what they tried to do with this. Uh, the ending of of the Snyder cut. Right. It was like, hey, look, Superman's evil. Right. But it's exactly what I said last time. Right. That they. DC has never met a Superman they didn't want to turn evil. Right. Right. Um uh let's let's uh hit some comics before we, yes. we do have to call it. Um uh I uh what what were on your guys' list? I have pictures for some of them. If not, then um, we should talk about them. I I've been uh I checked out of Amazing Spider-Man for a little bit. Um okay. but I finally got back in um yeah. during the recently wrapped Sins Rising storyline. And that has been awesome. It's uh, Nick Spencer has been writing it for like, he's up to issue 62, I think came out, but they're like 62. Yeah. But like for like the past 10 years, for whatever reason, Marvel has like had amazing Spider-Man on like a twice monthly schedule. Mm. Um, but it's cool because it's basically what uh, Spencer's doing is he is finally calling uh, like calling in the the chips or whatever for uh, one uh, one more day 
for Peter Parker's deal with the devil that is almost, it's the closest thing to Spider-Man's New 52 is uh, <laughs> one more day where he makes a yeah. deal with the devil to keep Aunt May alive and prevent progression of the character because they felt he was stagnant because he was married. What do we do yeah. with this character? Really, he needs to be swinging and single. That's that's everyone knows Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Um, and, they want but, relationship but, drama. That, that's yeah. Like, like, yeah. But he's. it seems he's this... They're finally... They've given enough time that they're finally like let's kind of let the cat out of the bag. Um, because basically what the deal was, Peter Parker made a deal with the devil, Mephisto, who everyone thought was going to be in WandaVision. Um, yeah. Meph- Mephisto saves Aunt May at the cost of Peter's marriage. Um, and like to add, to add uh, insult to injury, he like has their future daughter make the deal for that, like with them. Like they're being like led through, this like spirit realm by this young little redhead oh. girl and it's just like i'm the daughter you could have had if you guys stayed together um it's just like oof um and then so they make the deal mary jane they kind of dance around but mary jane makes an extra deal where she gets to remember um their marriage but peter doesn't really i didn't know that i it's they've it's gone in and out like it, it's basically they it's like a, a volume fader that they've been like turning up and down of how much does mj actually remember but like uh-huh. she she spencer nick spencer's playing it that she remembers and that she's been uh-huh. keeping it a secret um yeah. but basically through it dr strange becomes aware that some deals were being made and he's starting to poke around and um uh, since I didn't spoil Hush, I will spoil this. Uh, Harry, well, Harry Osborn was the big shock of One More Day was Harry Osborn was brought back because somehow through the machinations of Peter Parker and Mary Jane never getting married, it, uh, Harry Osborn didn't die. Right. So he came back to life more or less well-adjusted, and uh-huh. it's Nick Spencer is very much implying that Harry Osborn has remembered he was dead. Like somehow he's became aware that he's been brought, he was brought back to life. And by... that's what creates Kindred? Yes. That okay. is, the, Kindred is a result of the Mephisto deal in some way, shape, or form. There's still like, I'm thinking that this is all, because it's issue 62 and now he's in his new spider suit. I'm thinking Nick Spencer's building towards an issue. 100 or or maybe an issue 75 but definitely i think this is all building to come to a head at an issue 100 um like some point next year i've been enjoying it i mean i I wasn't i didn't want to get into sins rising just because i didn't like the covers and the character design Mm -hmm. it's like a weird new harry osborne slash scorpion kind of uh centipede it's like a centipede centipede. centipede. Yeah. yeah But maggot, maggot's the X Men. Yeah, exactly. but, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But it uh, it really hooked me just because there it's so much um, uh, history retread and so much about yeah. that that trio of Harry, MJ, Peter, um, which of course is like the iconic trio from the Raimi movies, right? Like, okay, well, this right. is our this is our, our our group of friends here, and like, what's going on between the the three of them, right? Um, yeah. So I really thought that was great. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I, interesting to me that like 
it's been such a long time since since Marvel has had multiple Spider-Man books starring Peter Parker, like or I thought there had been. And I was thinking about it in my head, and I was like, oh, well, I guess they have Spider-Gwen, they have Miles Morales. So they have Spider-Books that are going on. Yeah. Uh, Venom, whatever, King in Black is obviously a pseudo-Spider-Man event. But, you know, now they have this non-stop Spider-Man they just launched. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The JJ one came and went. The JJ Abrams written Spider Man came. And I went. did. I watched. I read the first issue of that, and I've been like, nope, nope. It's I, I, um, it's so sad that Sarah Pacelli had to like. If you want five issues of Sarah Pacelli Spider Man goodness, you have to use that. Like, ugh, she's such a she's the, she's the original Miles Morales artist. Yeah. Wow. And so so now Joe Kelly is doing nonstop Spider Man, which is a very like Fast and the Furious inspired, just high octane Spider Man. Like he's just always moving. It's a weird how? like how is it? Is it like Crank or whatever? No, like, it's what? <laughs> it's not he like he literally will die if he stops moving. But yeah, yeah. the storyline is constantly like propelling constantly forward. Moving, constantly turning. It does feel like he's gonna die if he stops moving. That's the vibe of the of the book. Um, oh, okay. There's only one moment I think where it gets a little quiet, and that's a funeral scene. But it really still feels super kinetic, and it's like, yeah, oh, like flashback funeral. Oh, we're back to the action, you know. So like, well, what? It, yeah, go ahead. First page is like him like jumping out of his apartment, right? Something like that. Like something like that. Yeah. I uh, I was reading Sins Rising. Like I've been keeping up with Spider Man. With Sins Rising, though, like when they revealed that it was Harry, I thought it. I was like, isn't it obvious? Like, I thought it was going to be someone other than Harry. But uh, this whole time, I thought it was, like, super obvious. I don't know yeah, why anyone would have thought... surprises in comics. In the end, it's how it gets executed, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what I need them to get rid of, though, is that, that Gwen Stacy, Norman Osborn shenanigans bullshit. I, I, I think they're gearing up towards that. They've been kind of circling that oh the the, the the kids again the twins she cheat she cheated on peter yeah 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 norman osborne and had twins behind his back he didn't know she was pregnant gave birth to him and now they they got like powers or some shit yeah, i don't know that sucked that's stupid j michael yes. straczynski is responsible for both both of his own volition and forced editorial decisions of some of the worst spider-man ideas since the clone saga hmm See, I can, I can, I can deal with the Clone Saga. I like the Clone Saga retread that they did with Jackal with the Anubis mask, um, but it wasn't Jackal, I think. But anyway, the point being is like I liked that thing, so I can well, deal with that. But the whole thing where it's just a, it's a ridiculous like slap in the face of a character like Gwen Stacy, it makes no sense. Um, well, especially now that we're in a in a time where like Spider Gwen has like. Re, like she Gwen Stacy growing up like she was Peter Parker's girlfriend who died that was her spot it was just like Gwen Stacy Uncle Ben Bucky Barnes are never going to come back to life and so far Uncle Ben's the only one who's staying true to that right uh, right for now. and for now <laughs> but like she what like the character was just the girlfriend like that they similar to why they got rid of peter parker and mj's marriage or marriage was the writers at the time in the 70s were just like 
well, they're too perfect together. We can't break them up because that'll feel ingenuous and we can't marry Peter Parker because it'll make him feel too old. So we'll just kill her. And it's just like, that was up until like the Emma, Emma Stone in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen Stacy was the girl who died. And right. then over the past like 15 years, Marvel's decided, oh wait, let's actually treat this character with respect and give her an actual personality. And it's like, I don't, they could not get away with that, that sins rising, the uh, sins past Gwen Stacy cheated on her with Norman yeah. Osborn, who was depicted, drawn by uh, Mike Dodato Jr., who at the time was depicting, like actively depicting Norman Osborn as Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, on, his, <laughs> on the Thunderbolts, the Thunderbolts yeah. run, where, so yeah. It, it, is you it's not just you're watching Norman Osborne have uh sex with Gwen Stacy, you're watching Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Do it. it made no sense. I, I still can't make sense of it, and I think they're gonna rewrite it. I think this whole kindred thing is part of of, of that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Um did you guys read Guardians of the Galaxy? Are you guys reading the current run? Yeah, I liked it. I love how esoteric it's getting. You remember last week when we talked, we were talking about how bad um, Grant Morrison's Green Lantern is? How it's yeah. just completely unreasonable and incomprehensible? I feel yeah. like Guardians could have become that because there's yeah. so much, like, kind of flighty, psychedelic stuff going on there. Yeah. But what anchors it is they keep coming back to the friendship among the characters specifically between Nova and Peter Quill um, is really like the anchor yeah. of the whole series. And there's a lot of great moments from Rocket and Moondragon and, uh, and Marvel Boy and all of the different characters that are yeah. involved. Philovel. The whole Moondragon Philovel thing is very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. But who's, who's Phyla again? She's a... She, she was... She's related to Marvel. Yeah. Um, and she was yeah. Captain Marvel for a split second, I think. Um, but uh, they recently in this new Guardians run, they brought in an alternate universe, Phylavel and Moondragon, from a better universe than the 616. Like, and so uh, they brought them into the 616, and then Moondragon of that universe merged with the Moondragon of this universe. So mm. then there's oh uh and Philovel and Moondragon from that universe are uh are a couple. And I think they got brought in during uh Infinity Wars, I think, when they were they were doing some like crazy I didn't know things. any of this backstory. I was just reading sort of the human drama of you're not you're not my version of Moondragon. Right. Like, just getting that, like, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to know too much of the backstory there. I was like, okay, there's really great human drama here of, like, this yeah. couple that doesn't feel like they know each other anymore. And I just thought yeah. that was such a great um, a great take on on superhero, you know, romance drama. I just thought it was great. And and this is the run where, where people got upset that Peter Quill was bisexual, if you guys heard about that. Isn't everyone bisexual in that book? Like Hercules it, is bisexual. And yeah. Marvel Boys are there in a relationship. Marvel Boy is. Yeah. I think they basically have established if you are a cosmic character in Marvel, you are not straight. <laughs> right. Because it made, that also makes sense. Because like, you know, 
who's yeah. to say these alien species are going to do things like we do things? But um, it's also because it ties in a lot with uh, Young Avengers, or at least with the use of Marvel Boy and certain like things. There might be some crossover of, of writers or artists, but uh, in in the when Young Avengers got rebooted, pretty much everybody was was uh, like somewhere on the spectrum of LGBT. You know, yeah. um, the original Young Avengers, not so much, but like the the Young Avengers that had like America Chavez and Hulkling and Wiccan and Marvel Boy, and Loki. Uh, Kate Bishop was, like, the only person who wasn't. Yeah, Kate, she was... She was... Canon Kate is straight. What a yeah. fucking weirdo, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, I, but I also, like, I think that the height... Uh, within the original run, they established Wiccan and Hulkling um, yeah. as, as gay. Oh, so, and like, Speed. Yeah, uh, Speed's right. Speed's run... straight. No, Speed's not straight. In the original run, he is straight. In the original run, he is not. He he. In the original run, he is straight, or at least shown to like women. I mean, he just sort of shows up. <laughs> he's yeah, not really and too then much in of a this, character. He's bi. he's bi, and he's dating Prodigy from the X Men, who is also bi or gay. Yeah, I'm not quite yeah, sure. that's right. Prodigy, like he, I was, I liked Prodigy. That was that was a cool. That like new that new mutants class that sort of uh, that came around with the Young Avengers. Yeah, it was a cool time um, because yeah, because yeah. Prodigy got depowered, but like his he had like instant knowledge or something like that was his power, um, and so but he was able to retain it, so he can't yeah. gain new knowledge, but he's still like super smart. Yeah. Um, He'd be he'd be he'd definitely be a character I'd love to see. Like, because everyone seems dead set, Young Avengers is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. As every yeah. every new character that's being introduced is in service to that. Wanda's yeah. twins, the Hawkeye series, aging up Cassie Lang, the fact that they ca even cast Catherine Langford in the yeah. deleted scene in Endgame as Morgan Stark, like. It's like, all right, slow your roll. Like, let's let these <laughs> characters breathe. But right. it's, a, I mean, it's a, it's Young Avengers has a pretty solid track record for being a an I uh, an IP that's only like fifteen years old at this point. Yeah, well, it's because it, it really struck a chord with the demographics that weren't normally touched by uh, mainstream comics, which are 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 the, are the young female fans and uh, the LGBT community. Yeah. And so um, they really resonate because like I'm on TikTok, right? Like I'm on I'm, I'm watching these TikToks. I'm doing whatever we got. We got kids who are 15 years old being like, yeah, they love Young Avengers. And they, they, they have a TikTok dedicated to uh, uh, to like Hulkling and Wicked. Like <laughs> that's just what they're all about, which is awesome. Like and these are the people that wouldn't be into it otherwise. Fighting. I'm on yeah. board. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. It's not oh, Empire's representation, but it's also Jewish representation. Yeah. yeah, Empire yeah. sucked. Although I am Empire did suck, but I I'm glad that those characters are, are getting spotlights. Yeah, um, I didn't have the problem with Empire that you guys did. Uh, I liked I Empire like... when it crossed into X Men when they dealt with like the the blue side of the moon, uh, the blue area of the moon. Um, so I like well because I love my X Men, but like uh, uh, yeah, Empire just wasn't. It was just like vegetation people. So great, Wolverine can slice through them all. Like okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought they did a lot 
of cool stuff with Fantastic Four. And I enjoyed what the aftermath of the Empire in Fantastic Four has been with those two kids, the Kree and the Skrull kid that yeah. Alicia and Thing have adopted. And yeah. the current storyline in uh, Fantastic Four is this sort of like space gate that um, has opened up where the Baxter building was. Uh, yeah. And sort of like all of these space refugees are coming to Earth. So uh, there's, I just think um, this last year of Fantastic Four has been really, really good. Right. And I've never been uh, a huge Fantastic Four person, but yeah. every issue of, of F4 that I've been reading, I've really enjoyed. And especially that uh, Doctor Doom series that was going on. I, think, I don't know if it was 12 issues or whatever, but God, I, that book ended in exactly the right way, you know? I don't know if you guys okay. saw it. I haven't read it, but okay. I, but I, I don't know I'll, what it I'll is. I don't know what it is about Fantastic Four. It's it's never it's never been my favorite book. Like ever. I'm with like, you, and, and I think that, that this is the first time I've ever like found it really compelling. And I have no idea how they're going to make it a movie because classic Fantastic Four really just doesn't hold anything for me. I yeah. um I mean I uh, there are some really good runs of Fantastic Four, but it depends on the writer. Like I I love Mark Miller. I do. Sometimes he sucks. I get it. But, like, I thought he had a good run on, on Fantastic Four. Hickman had a good run on Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like Mark Miller is now a little bit too big for his boots, I think. Like, he's just phoning it in. Um, but uh, uh, Wade, Mark Wade, Mark Miller, Hickman, Fraction, those runs of Fantastic Four are, like, really good. I love the Future Foundation. Um like it's such a, it was such a cool concept, the Future Foundation. If you guys read that, yeah, I mean, you need to have a writer that's really, really smart and wants to play around with with very Star Trek sci-fi kind of ideas, you know? Yeah, mm. uh, and that writer also has to know how to write Sue. I think, yeah. I think that you know, like we were talking about with Wonder Woman before, I think writing women is like totally a canary in the coal mine for a lot of yeah. these, these writers. So if they. Yeah. If they don't know what to do with Susan Storm, then the whole book is going to fall apart from there. Uh, really quick, we got a uh, real quick influx of people who are viewing this. Uh, for anyone who's watching this on volume.com uh, and you're viewing this, hey, what's up? Uh, this is the Keeg Presents Comic Talk. Uh, we're just talking comics right now, but uh, we do do a lot of shows. And uh, before you get going, sign up for an account here at volume.com. That account will let you tip amps. And it won't be your money at first because you get free amps uh, when you sign up for an account. And you can tip it to whoever you want. There's a lot of great creators here on volume. Um, uh, you know, it, you could tip us too. That's great too. But really, it's about supporting that this uh, this community. So uh, thank you guys if you guys are watching out there but haven't created an account. We would love to have you be a part of this community. Anyway, sorry. Was Trevor going to say something? Uh, if I was, I don't remember, but that's what the that show's was, about. Just forgetting uh, about what we're going to say. The, uh, the end of the ultimates, uh, like whole imprint, yeah. uh, Sue really stepped up and all of a sudden, like they became like, it became really interesting. That was probably like one of the first times I really was just like, oh yeah, Sue Storm kicks ass. And ultimate was, Fantastic Four you're talking about? When that, like after... It was like Sue Storm in the Ultimate line after Ultimate Fantastic Four series wrapped up. Right, when Reed right. becomes Maker yeah, and when, she when, gets into a relationship with Ben. Yeah, when they turn the Ultimate line into just uh, 
madness because we're like, well, we're not trying to sustain this line anymore. So go. Oh, man. Go yeah. Nuts. Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't read any of that. But yeah, I think, you know, Sue Storm clearly could be one of the most powerful characters in the universe. Yeah. Um, just with her power set. So it's always a little weird that you're like, you know, her character is she's someone who sees her, who, who considers herself invisible. She's someone nobody's paying attention to. And it's like, how do you write that character and make them compelling? You know? Yeah. Does Would you guys know? read her series? It was like a couple issues and I think it got canceled. It must have gotten canceled. But did, where she was doing spy work for Nick Fury? It wasn't that Wade? That. What, was what that? was Wade? Wasn't it Mark Wade? Like what? Like uh, I think. Yeah, I think it? it was. Yeah, I, but I think it was just. It was intentionally a limited series, which oh, makes okay. it old well. But it was also. I think that was her first solo series ever. Yeah, he's a character as old as the modern Marvel universe, and she just got her it's own first. A woman has been a title of a book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she she also like. She was Invisible Girl for how many years? Like, till the 80s? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least like Supergirl still has the excuse of like, well, in the comic books, I think she's like 19. Sue Storm was like a mom and still, like, I think it wasn't, it wasn't until after the birth of Franklin that she, yeah, if it was in the 80s, well, might have been damn near close to. Her by her superhero name anyway? Isn't she always just Sue? I mean, nowadays. It's like it, I feel like Johnny Storm's the only one who's still and, and Ben Grimm. And yeah, people he's call the and, he's the thing. Johnny Storm's a human torch, but yeah, it's basically Reed, and then it's Reed and Sue. Yeah, yeah, and Sue. Like keep in mind, she's been invis- she was Invisible Girl for so long, and Spider Man was automatically Spider Man, and he was yeah. a kid. He was a fifteen year old boy, and he's Spider Man. Sue yeah. Storm was a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> and she's uh, Invisible Girl. She wasn't a doctor girl. originally, but yeah. She was- I, don't, I think that was retconned in, yeah. Uh, originally, she was just, like, Reed's, uh, Reed's girl who was, like, whatever. I, I, I don't think she had any, like, inde- like redeeming qualities in the beginning. Hmm. Now I'm curious. I, like, it's just, like, it's been so long since I've read Fantastic Four number one proper and not yeah. some... The, uh, the script that was on the blacklist that was the, um, the biopic of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby... Oh no! It's worth reading. I can send it to you. Make, remind me to send it. But it's uh, yeah. it goes into them creating the Fantastic Four, and it like points out something that I haven't realized for a long time is it takes like three issues for them to show up even in costume. Like, they don't have costumes uh, in the first. Yeah, time. yeah. They're just in their yeah. jumpsuits or in regular suits. Like they just yeah. don't have costumes. And it's yeah, it's it's. It's so interesting because, like, yeah, so much of it was, like, reactionary to DC, but, like, in a way that was just, like, hits hits the ground running and just, like, allows it to be its own thing. Because that was, it was, like, a combination of the Challengers of the Unknown and and Justice League. Um, Yeah. Um, Don't call me now. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic Four is definitely, like, a concept that can work. It definitely can work, but you just need a good writer. And I think when Marvel does it, they're going to do it right. DC, yeah. I would, I would never, I would never trust DC with doing a fantastic. Like if you know they had that, DC Doom would Patrol not. Is good. They they figured out how to do Doom Patrol as a series. Yeah, yeah, Doom Patrol is awesome. 
It's because they, they don't care. Poor, they don't care about their series. Like, I mean, so they're allowed to do their own thing, I think. But I think, yeah. like, the Fantastic Four, even though it has, like, I think it's one of Marvel's few properties that really is inoculated against, like, darkness. Like, Reed Richards I mean, being so smart could t- take you down some rabbit holes of, like, the morality of science, but, like, they aren't, it's, it's, it's fun. The, the, the drama comes from the family dynamic and not the, the darkness. And I think that's been the problem with it. Like the Tim, Sto- the two Tim story movies were too like inconsequential in terms of like their stakes. And then fan four stick was uh, just way too dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fan four stick was, yeah. I rewatched Sorry. the first one not that long ago. And it's exactly what you're saying. And I, I really wanted to rewatch Silver Surfer, um, <laughs> just to see how it feels. But yeah, no, Fan Four Stick. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Are you are you laughing? Are you laughing at the Fan Four Stick or at what Poop Thirty Four is talking about? No, I, I was laughing at Ma- Fan Four Stick. <laughs> uh, but Poop, the thing that Poop I love is, you know, like you know, clearly, like the um, uh, Ben Grimm being Jewish didn't become like officially in continuity until probably. 2000 2005 something like that really yeah i don't think he was ever canonically jewish it was always like well you know he grew up in the lower east side he's probably jewish but i mean same thing with spider-man right spider-man people are like yeah yeah he's probably jewish because he's a kid from uh whatever he's from queens queens and, you know, yeah white, white kid from queens probably jewish you know yeah mm. um but uh he's, he only became officially jewish in the 2000s and in the dark Fantastic Four movie, Fant Forstick, they yeah. uh, open on like the shot of the Ben Grimm's, you know, his childhood home, which is like attached to the junkyard. Like he grew up in a house that was like in a junkyard, and you <laughs> pan across the mantle, and there's a menorah there in the mat on the mantle, and it's like, uh, and it's like that's kind of the most unbelievable part of this movie is that a, a Jewish family would be, uh, would own a, a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Poop 34 brought up like malice and like these other like dark things that were like supposed to be in, you know, like the but, Fantastic Four comics. But also malice wasn't dark. Malice was like the worst of 80s sexiness objectification. Like malice right. was just Sue Storm in the thinnest of black bikinis. <laughs> with, with a four cutout <laughs> cut was here, right? There yeah, yeah. It was like it's the pro it's the prototype to uh Emma Frost's new X-Men costume. The X where the X is the empty space. <laughs> yeah. The four was the empty space in, yeah. in in Malice. Also, really interesting is about uh uh Malice was evil Sue Storm, but Malice was also evil Polaris. And they're two different Malices. I'm, I'm looking this up for the first time and I hate it. <laughs> oh my God, what um, is this? This is horrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and then um, immediately there's porn of this. Oh right. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it, I think it was reverse been. engineered. I think they saw a porno and they're just like, <laughs> how do we put this in the series? <laughs> What I would love this? for the backstory to be some actual fashion designer who wanted to do a very artistic thing, 
with you take the four and you take it out of the suit <laughs> and like it's a thing and then there it was like oh no that's that's porno version okay. I, yeah i only want to see the the malice costume like a like they did in jessica jones where they did like in a flashback as a joke oh. They showed the jewel costume, just like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not wearing that. What are you ridiculous? Like, right. come on, right? Um, we're not gonna have enough time to go into it, but if you guys have been reading Champions, they finally ended the outlawed thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. just show this. Uh, they had a, the whole they outlawed. It's because of COVID. They said like it was only supposed to last five issues, but because everything got delayed, it's now lasted like two years or like one year or two years. You know, um, oh. Awesome! We took second place in our hour in the hourly contest, second most most viewed show uh, nice. uh, for the, for the time slot. But uh, Champions finally ended, which is great. I did not like the not Champions ending, but the outlawed uh, part. But they're going to be moving on to a new storyline, which I cannot wait because I did not like Outlawed and it was dumb. Well, it just it just ended in such a. You know, it was uh, it was Hydra all along, or whoever it was. It was. Did you uh, read it? You read it, right? Yeah, I read it. It yeah. was. The, it was Roxon. It was Roxon. Roxon, yeah. It was. It was AIM the whole time. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as like the old Sins of Youth crossover from uh, from Young Justice, right? It's like I got okay. it right here. So, yeah. these, so these adults have a really good point about how kids sh- probably shouldn't be in danger, but of right. course you find out that a bad guy you know, was the one who engineered this whole thing and all the adults forget that it was a, that it's a bad idea for kids to be in danger. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I love the kid or I love team comics, but I also like the kid comics mostly because I, I, uh, uh, you know, growing up with young justice and then growing up with like teen Titans and like seeing those teams, but like best part of Marvel was always when Avengers Academy, future foundation, uh, the the X Men uh, had their young uh, young X Men uh, people. Uh, what else? Santa Avengers. I mean, now Academy. we have Strange Academy. Yeah, Young Avengers. Strange Academy Runaways. is very good, by the way. Strange Academy is good. Yeah. Well, and then and then the Teen Titan Academy came out today. Titans Academy. Yeah. Yet. I yeah, I haven't read chance to read it either, but that looks. I fun. haven't read it yet. Well, because they're they're building up Red X in the Teen yes. Titans Academy. Who well, I assume you know, is going to be Tim Drake. I don't think we know right now. We well, know that Tim Dam- is going to have some kind of miniseries coming up, mm. or one shot, or something. Damien's also Sans uh, code name as well. Yeah, Sans a code name, but we've seen him in costume. We've seen him in kind of a gray gray black version of a of a Robin costume. So yeah, I think right. It's going to be him. Well, it's part like League of a Sat or League of Shadows, right? Like kind of uh, costume. Like it's very Rachel Ghoul, right? Yeah. Doesn't, it's like double breasted, if I if I remember correctly, with the collar. I'm not sure. I don't. I could be wrong. I could be but wrong. But they also I'm, like Tim. Think about future Damien too. Yeah, but Tim Drake was also the first person to rock the Red Robin costume, so it's just like he's he's down for for badass upgrades. So it could be him. Yeah. I think yeah. I, my assumption was that it was going to be Tim Drake, and that's what I would like it to be, just because I don't want Tim Drake to really just fade into the complete obscurity. Yeah. Or have I think it's going to be one of the new Drake. kids. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right that it's going to be one of the new kids. Oh, but what I was going to say, going back to the Marvel stuff, is Power Pack was actually really good. And I never oh. thought I would like a Power Pack book, but that Power yeah. Pack book was really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was okay. also like it crossed over into the outlaws stuff, 
Um, I don't know that it's made me like a uh, a Power Pack fan, but I certainly enjoyed some of that book. So it was a lot of fun. And you're right, like young kids in comics, like that's what comics are made for. It's about like the energy of youth, the, you know, uh, the reason Superman should always, we should always be looking up at Superman. You know what I mean? Like it's great to have a Superboy who's like, oh, am I ever going to live up to that? Because I feel like that's just, what great comic book storytelling is about is like, what's the future going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we close up this episode, uh, I want to thank uh, the audience out there for, for watching. Uh, we boosted back up a little bit as far as like viewers. Uh, once again, you guys are watching us on volume.com slash the key show. Uh, the key is all about bringing you geek content, whether it's news or entertainment or comic talk or, uh, you know, Friday nights, we got the key back where we just kick back, relax, play some games, do that sort of thing. So if you guys are interested, please uh, create an account here on, on volume. Uh, you get some free amps to tip with. You don't have to tip us. You can tip other creators. There's a lot of musicians out there on this platform uh, that could could use the tips as well. Um, but volume's gearing up to to bringing like diversified, varied content, and we're just we're just one part of that. Uh, uh, so I'm trying to I'm trying to vary our own shows here. So Comic Talk is just a uh, you know. Uh, the first of many new shows. Uh, thank you, Gil. Thank you, Trevor, for coming on the show, to, uh, you know, giving us your time, talking about comics, um, taking comic reading and making it a job, essentially, right? <laughs> like, I, I feel like I was reading some comics earlier where I was like, oh, okay, I gotta get I gotta get through some of these before, like, the show starts. And it's never enough. Uh, <laughs> I will definitely be be uh, uh, watching or reading more. Um Thank you to Poop34 out there, Matthew A. Mori, uh, and Exotic Sounds. Exotic Sounds, if you're still out there, uh, good luck uh, continuing your journey down this, like, you know, this comic passion. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. What I would give to be, like, back into comics again, like, this is a perfect time to, like... Oh, maybe you should uh, get out of it. Like, maybe quit comics for a month. Maybe, yeah. yeah that's what quit I'm going to do. I'm going to quit year, comics. Come back. Yeah. Like, I'm just getting back into it. Yeah. Uh, I can't, well, I can't imagine be- what that would be like. But also, I can tell you, like, it is fun. Like, I wasn't reading Spider-Man till like, since, since Rising, and that was, like, issue 40. And so it's just like, ooh, I have six trades to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 I try to read as much as I can. And the things that I, like, I, I, like Iron Man right now, like, I've missed a couple issues. I'm going to go back and, like, binge, like, the last couple issues and get caught up and try to stay on top of everything. It's a lot, but like, I don't know. There, there's something that I love about comics, you know. Just like I love t- love TV. TV and comics are like two big things for me. I like that serialized storytelling, you know. Um, Gil, do you have uh, what do you got coming up? I know you always got something. I shouldn't even ask. Do you have anything coming up? I mean, yeah. What I mean, do you, if got? you guys, if you guys don't know, we just moved. Uh, our shows have moved over to a new venue called Rush Ticks. Please look up RushTix.com. Buy tickets to every show that's on their platform. They have giant stand-ups doing shows that you can check out from all over the world from any device. And we are joining the RushTix family. You can see um, uh, our new game show, Pop Cultured, starring Jimmy Pardo, uh, is going to be premiering on April 10th, Saturday the 10th. And, of course, our, uh, our contestants on that show are going to be Kristen Stuttered and Guy Branham. 
Um, and the next Your Late Night Show tonight is going to be Friday, April 16th. And the host for that show is going to be Jackie Cation, uh, who you know, of course, from the Jackie and Laurie show and the Dork Forest. And we couldn't be more excited about both of those shows. You're 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 always so busy. You've got so much. You're always just like you always got something, uh, uh, which is what I like if about I you. Wasn't? Can you imagine if I was just sitting here being this? <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the feet moving. I get it. We're, uh, you know, sharks sharks got to keep swimming, otherwise they drown, right? That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, Trevor, what do you got? What do you got coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm Nick? just. I'm just sitting here being this, so. <laughs> <laughs> can you, Gil, can you believe, like, uh, I mean, people no, who just don't do anything? But Trevor, <laughs> Trevor gets to be that. Look, look what yeah. Trevor gets to be. I would have to sit around. <laughs> <and> be, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, no, I invested some money in Rush Ticks, so that's, <laughs> so it's R-U-S-H-T-I-X dot com. Exactly right. Ooh, that's, right. that's it. My my plugs until I have stuff going on are just going to be asking clarifying questions about Gill's plugs. <laughs> uh, well, I like that. Uh, get you busier. We're gonna bring you onto these shows and get you doing some stuff again. Yeah, yeah. I'm rusty. Um, thank you guys. Thank you guys both uh, for your time. And, and and doing this with me uh the goal with comic talk is to make it this you know weekly thing where where we get together uh uh maybe i switch up the guests maybe i don't maybe uh i keep you guys forever uh uh you know and uh kind of like indentured uh servants i think if i'm using that correctly um uh, but uh thank you guys out there for watching this show uh follow the keeg on volume.com slash the keeg show Vol follow the keeg at, on tiktok and instagram at the keeg show it's tiktok instagram twitter at the keeg show we're all over the place if you can see this screen you can see our social media in the bottom right hand corner uh we're all over the place we're trying to get stuff done um trying to get back on that podcast train and release these as podcasts too so stay tuned we'll have a lot more in uh uh the coming weeks and uh, next show is the key back on Friday night. No, next show is our Falcon and the Winter Soldier after Ooh. show. So if you watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier at midnight Pacific time when it drops, stay just right when it's over at 1 a.m. Pacific time. We have our after show. You can find well, us here at volume.com. I'll be on that one. So I have something to plug. That's right. I'm on that's this right. episode. That's right. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, uh, okay, cool. Uh, you uh, wanted to confirm off, uh, off air? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The recent Falcon and Winter Soldier series? I liked it. Uh, I liked it uh, a yeah. lot. I thought it was really yeah. funny. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. We're going to peace out, but uh, uh, stay tuned for more for more content because we're always going to have content. And uh, yeah, once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk. Take care, y'all.